can make that. That's where they have anchor point to keep it. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Don't try it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's cool. Is that, do you have like, do you do that often? Or? Yeah, that's kind of been my gig since uh, we're not touring um, like so much. Creating clothes? Just hats. Just Essentially this type of hat, pretty okay. specifically. What kind would you call that hat? I've got a few names. I call it like a, an, an eight panel hat is eight panel or a newsboy or if it's really big it's like a big apple or a, a new york or a cabbie or a hippie hat <laughs> nice how long have you been making them it'll be two years in march i started in march when the pan when the panty hit just started awesome yeah and you are Jordan. Yeah, Jordan Swafford. Jordan Isaac Swafford, <laughs> right? No, it's uh, Jordan Taylor Doyle Swafford. Oh, you got oh, the wow. double. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Cool. Quadruple names. Right, it's confusing as hell when I go to a bar and my name is so yeah. long, it doesn't even have my last name <laughs> on it. So they're like, what is your last name? I'm like, it's S. They're like, what? I'm like, it's Doyle. They're like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you're the guy with like three names. I'm like, yeah. 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 It's me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, welcome to my house, guys. I'm glad you all got to come over. Thank you. Thanks. This is very nice. Thanks so for inviting us. Short notice, I think. Y'all hit you up like last week. It's awesome. Yeah, we're around for right now. <laughs> Caught us at a good time. Okay, great. Cool. Well, hey everyone, welcome to Nashville Artist Podcast. I'm Jordan, and today Zach Murphy, Matthew Page of the BAM, DOG are here. Yeah. Yes, we are here. Cool. So, where are you from, Matthew? Uh, right around Portland, Oregon. I moved here in 2009. Uh, yeah, so around, yeah, Portland, Vancouver, Washington. Did you, you were there before you came here? Yep. Yeah, grew uh born born in Alaska, raised in Oregon, and um, went to high school and hung around Vancouver, Washington for a couple of years, and had a band. I was trying to do it, and I was the only one that was really serious, I guess. So. I understand. And then I, I heard about Nashville, and then I went and visited, and then I liked it, and so I moved there. Okay, cool. When are you into and your little kid? Uh, BMX was our sport. Uh, you know that movie Rad? Maybe. You should definitely watch it. Whoever's listening should definitely watch the movie Rad whenever you have some spare time. But that movie, I guess, single-handedly kind of altered our entire family course as far as like activities go. Because my brother saw it, and then it's about... BMX racing, like on a dirt track. Right. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That. Um, so we all got into that. And do that's, you, that do you still do it? No, not oh. really. But I was really, I was really good at it, and um, we all were. And we did that fun. And skateboarding, and just like whatever. Uh, but yeah, BMX, bikes. That was our thing. How old were you? Like middle school? When you were doing that a lot. Uh, no, that was like from like, oh. I've been mixed from like, like four or five to like wow. 11. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was the youngest while my brother and sister were also racing too, but 
that was the activity. Nice. Yeah, we went to Nat. My big memory of BMX racing was, or like the highlight was, we went to nationals, grand nationals in Oklahoma City, and it was weeks after the bombing had happened. And uh, we drove around Oklahoma City. I didn't, I couldn't comprehend really what was going on and like how awful that really was. But you know, it's just shrines and people's clothing everywhere and just like bomb remnants throughout the town. And Damn. we're there to race each other on bicycles. It's, <laughs> like, it's, pretty, it's a trip. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a great sport. And watch the movie Rad. It's fantastic. Watch the movie Rad. Yeah, That'd be cool. So when did you get into music? Yeah, then like uh, like 12, 13, like middle school, getting in there, and I was like, I just get hurt a lot skateboarding and trying to do tricks on stuff, and, I, and music was one of my thing, I think. So I just focused on that. What instrument? Guitar. Guitar. Yeah, guitar and violin. I started at the same time, really similar times, but my dad told me I had to pick an instrument, so I picked guitar, because there was one in the house. And he didn't want me playing drums or trumpet, so I would have been, I could have been a drummer, but Pop said no. Trumpet was really it though, that seems like, a, <laughs> I didn't want to learn music, it seems so hard. I was like, trumpet only has three buttons, how hard could that be? <laughs> That's true. So, but then I got really into it and got into it, so. What did, like, what inspired you to play music? Uh, Other than your dad being like, "Yeah, play guitar." <laughs> Here, you're, you're learning music. That was that was it, kind of to start with. But then, uh, I liked rock and roll, and my brother and sister liked, you know, Nirvana and Pearl Jam, and you know, we were right next to Seattle in the '90s, so all of this was right. just around. Right. Um, and that kind of music. So, like, you know, guitar-driven punk rock grunge um but then my dad liked blues and country music and my mom loved show tunes so wow. you put that together uh and musicals and stuff so what was it uh, johnny cash jerry lee lewis driving in the truck and then like the butthole surfers with my brother and sister and then like west side story with my mom wow that was that's kind of cool yeah got like the cinematic soundtrack and the rock and roll and the backcountry blues yeah diesel yeah in yeah. oregon in oregon <laughs> <laughs> like the suburbs of not it's not suburbs like off in the corner it wasn't nothing urban about where we lived it was just like nothing town just like nothing town i don't know what to, how to describe it was it flat or what was the terrain very hilly very green oregon is beautiful oh. yeah it's very green uh, rains a lot, just like you're like in a vegetable mister at Kroger all the time. Really? For most of the year. Yeah. And you just, I've heard you'll be walking down the street, you'll just see someone who just looks so damn sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's, plenty, there's plenty of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. It is. I need to go there just but to experience. It's great to yeah. it's great to visit now because it's like oh I didn't know that there was another place that like actually made me happy like Nashville <laughs> is so happy because like oh, oh I can only imagine music and my kind of music and people liking this and people liking me for the music and the things that we do together I'm like oh this is great I have no idea this existed whereas that depression was like 
real and it gets to you and it's not encouraging you to do anything right i want her to do stuff right nashville's full of people doing stuff that's that's a good energy it's always buzzing but it's also like laid back too it's like southern laid back like my first friends that i met here were like real laid back southerners and i'm like why are you guys so slow in doing everything (laughs) (laughs) like everything takes so long to do or out there they're just like faster better quicker get on with it what are so what do people do that's really slow here more just like hang out like to go anywhere like to leave the house or something like that this is just first particular group right and like you gotta just like hang out like like it's so hot how do you chill and you just don't move (laughs) you just don't move that's what they told you 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 get drunk you get lazy and that's that's how you that's how you southern and they like that's what they that was their quote not mine that's why rocking chairs are so big here yeah yeah yeah, i I felt i felt right in i liked it i liked it a whole bunch it was a good speed and everyone's pretty pretty friendly here for the most part Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed that too the openness here Mm -hmm. yeah we don't really get that in some places especially in smaller towns i feel like people are like i don't know you Oh no, or sure. Oh no. Well, the culture is different in Oregon, just in general. The right. South definitely has that. You at least generally acknowledge each other on the street, you know, where Oregon is just. Right, just a number. Unless you literally run into each other. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you go. You, you know, no, please. Don't. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Oregon has the anti-accent. I don't know what it is, yeah. but now I, I, I can kind of hear it, but it's just like, it's not an accent. It's the like the lack of an accent. It's so bland. Oh, that's interesting. The it, lack it of an accent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, please come visit sometime. <laughs> <laughs> we have fantastic produce. Awesome. They yeah. do grow amazing food and other things out there. It's just a fertile land. Right. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. That's awesome. So you started playing music in middle school, and then, like, did you get more serious in high school? Yeah, I went to an art school, like an art magnet school, and so they really kind of foster the whatever you're into. And so I was also playing violin, so that was classical and orchestra, and my dad was pushing me to do, like, symphony and orchestra stuff. So I was doing that, plus playing guitar and, like, classical guitar and rock and roll. I was really into it. No effects and rancid and Green Day. I really like their pop, uh, like pop mixed with punk thing that they did, but it wasn't like, uh, I don't know, bubblegum too much about it. Right. Uh, it. It seemed like real people still making music. Anyway, uh, I enjoyed their music. I still do. So uh, as high school went on, I was like, you know, you train, everyone's like, you're around people that are going to go to college for this. And like, some people went to Juilliard from my school and like for playing viola and stuff and so at the same time I'm doing this really like competition thing of like orchestras like competition like you're only as good as how well you can play this piece of music and this punk rock thing or just any kind of music I was into it's like oh you get to do whatever you want over here and nothing's wrong like I'm really wrong and not that good over (laughs) here or I'm like 
totally free and encouraged to do everything and they still clap. So I'm like, what? I don't, wait, hold on. They love you and you do what you want and you're loved here or you cry and worry yourself and practice for hours on one piece of music to walk into a room and play it for people and tell them that you're not that good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, after high school... You really should have put Rosin on that boat, son. <laughs> <laughs> You know what your problem is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for a person like me, I was like, I really cherish what I learned in classical music. I love classical music. It really makes me feel great things. And I think it's beautiful and brilliant and over my head in a million ways. But rock and roll is just so liberating and free and like, oh, I want to do that. So, uh, or just play music. I call it rock and roll, but just like, you know. Right. Make up music and go play it for people. Right. Let's go do that. Just the normal how music should be. Just... But there's no structure for that. So your parents, it's hard for your parents to go like, oh, go do that. <laughs> when you're just like, I'm jumping into the abyss of like, I there is no way right. to do this. It's like you show up and you start doing things. <laughs> there, there still is no way. It's how far you want to take it. Right. Like how long until you like, yeah. Can, can, how long can you take it? <laughs> uh, how long can you take it? Yeah. How far? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my mom is uh, supportive now, and my dad was too before he passed. He was. He saw that I enjoyed it and wanted to go for it. So yeah. it all worked out. Sorry about your loss. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, he was very um, into cool music, so I was lucky to have a good start off on him. Like, like making fun of me for liking Green Day. I really respect him for now. <laughs> like making fun of me and then being like giving me Lead Belly and Blind Blue McTell and Robert Johnson and Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf CDs for my birthday. I'm like, here you go. This is what you need. I'm like, wow, you're right. Awesome. Yeah, so that was cool. Nice. So you've been here since 2009? It's like... Or kind of 2010, like right, yeah, right at the end of 2009. Yeah. Okay. 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you basically moved here to play music, correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing it. I'm doing what I came here to do. Still oh, yeah. doing it. Awesome, yeah. That's why you are here. Not making hats. Uh, <laughs> it's like you're rolling with the punches, I suppose. Everything's weird now, but uh, yeah, it's been really fun. What is like one of the biggest things you've learned living here? Uh, patience and hard work. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I was really in a hurry. You're in such a hurry when you get here. I was to like get it done. Right. Get it. Get somewhere. Gotta meet to someone. Do something. Do yeah. Like you're hungry to like have acknowledgement or anything. Like I'm here. Do you care? Is anybody care? No. Uh, yes. I don't know. Uh, I guess is you're in such a hurry to uh, have success. Uh, whatever you or whatever that is to you, I suppose. Like, because um, a lot of people here are, are on a gamble on, a, you know, a, some maybe some money or resources or a favor that they don't really, you know, have means of paying back. And uh, success either means going home with the tail between the legs, asking for money, fa failing, or um, you stay and adapt and grow and. Um, I don't know, define your own version of success because not everybody wants to be like Tim McGraw but you know maybe they wanted you when they moved here right and then they're like actually 
that kind of sounds soul-sucking and awful. I'm just going to write music and fulfill myself with the thing that I like. I don't know. Nashville's full of it. It's, right. it's full of every kind, which is cool. I like that. It's full of the glossy uh, pop, and it's full of the t-shirt and jeans, like, brilliant musicians that are just, like, around. Right. Yeah, it's like one out of one every four people was, like, artsy, creative, probably can play an instrument. Yeah. And it's growing, and that's cool, but it's still uh, small enough, you know? Mm-hmm. But big enough, you know, there's whole worlds of music. Like, I hear new bands all the time. Yeah. All the time! And it's like, and they've been here the whole time! <laughs> yeah. It's like little pockets of yeah. subsidiaries. And... Right. Which is cool that, you know, you kind of pick up your own scene and you support group, your friends, and you, you all kind of nurture each other and that. But, you know, sometimes you almost cut yourself off by, I don't know, having your plate full, I suppose. Uh, but it's just, yeah, people are coming and going all the time. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. It's a lot of culture here. That mm-hmm. too. That too. And I feel like the more people that come here from other places, the more layers of like a new way of existing here can be. Because it, you know, the South has not always been super awesome as far as being cool to everybody. Right, that's uh, true. So I feel like the more people that come and like contribute Definitely. worldly views and shit, Definitely. Uh, yeah. it's gonna make for a better tomorrow. It'll make for better food too. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Cheers to that. Yeah, I mean, I love South Nashville. I call it ethnic food mecca because it's just like yeah, anything you want. I mean, it really does. Afghani food to Ethiopian food to obviously Mexican, but then different parts of Central America and South America food. It's amazing. Yeah, it's true. I need to explore more of Nolansville. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, there. I mean there. I drive down between there and the zoo. Yeah, there's like every there's every right. nation represented for. They even have uh, what is it? Uh, La Plaza Mariachi. Oh yeah, that yeah, place. For That's us. like a whole ecosystem in itself. <laughs> it really you know? is. It's it like is. a shopping mall with like circus Soleil dancers. Yeah, and mariachi and yeah, yeah, and like. It's a whole world. It is. Mm-hmm. And Taj, Indian food is right next door. I love Taj. Big fan. Big mm-hmm. fan. Yeah. Nashville Used Music is down there. Oh, the yeah. Adamsville. Love that spot. There's a Music City Thrift still oh, yeah. next to Aldi, which I also shop at. Oh, yeah. And um, you got Phonolux. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you got uh, Todd Sharp Amplifier Service right yeah. off Nolensville behind Phonolux to get your all my broken amplifiers fixed when I blow them up. Awesome. Yeah. So no one's else, yeah. Treasure trove. And then recently you started making hats? Yeah. Almost two years ago now I started making hats because I like these kind of hats and they're usually really expensive and you can make them real funky, like 70s funky, funkadelic, funky style. And you don't really see those or they're old or they're Expen- they're old or they're expensive, like they're <laughs> falling apart or they're way too much money. And I'm like, this is stupid. It's eight pieces of fabric in a bill. How hard could this be? So my mom has always like 
uh, sewed in our family. She was a seamstress, I suppose. Uh, and she taught me to sew when I was like 16 or something. And um, so I knew how to use a sewing machine. So I just put it to work. I cut apart my favorite hat, stole its pattern, started making these hats and just, I just announced on Instagram, I'm, I'm selling hats. And then I've been, I immediately had a wait list and I'm still working on it. And wow. people really want these hats, which is cool. I'm, it's like daunting almost a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I feel super blessed to like, okay, I found something I can work on and serve people with funky hats. Like that's a great yeah. business to be in. Music and funky hats, it's like, come on. Yeah, there's like, hats are there's no part of music. There's no need for bummer days, you know, <laughs> right. dealing in fun things. Wow, yeah. that's cool. So like, you just sell online mostly, or do you take them to a store? Or? No, just Instagram. I just have an Instagram, Matt Hatter, because oh. I'm Matthew and Matt Hat. I don't know, it seemed like a good idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I just make custom hats. I have a, everyone just like tell them what they want, like, you know fabric or colors and then I I make them and send it to them oh. and then they pay me and that's it I just wanted to time it really it's nice. real simple how long does it take you to make one hat um I'm really taking my time and like giving it lots of love probably two and a half hours oh okay cool something like that Nice. Yeah, you can... I'm really loving it. But I mean, if it's just like if I were to make the, make you one of these, like an hour. Nice. So you're, you got like a little factory going. Huh? I do. <laughs> I, I have I have a hat shop in my house. I, I I sleep in one room, and then the other room I rent is a hat shop. It's <laughs> fabric and sewing machines and a workbench. Nice. I work on my guitars and I work on other stuff too. I used to do leather work and other things like that so it's just like a shop i just i'm just making things and hoping that the universe keeps delivering me things to work on for money definitely that's so, awesome going with that great so if someone was to move here to pursue music or art what would you, what advice would you give them uh, read my book <laughs> <laughs> do you have a book i do <laughs> oh really you do yeah it's called band life Tips on how to survive life in a band and other lives too. I had no idea. Uh, well, alright, so the question was what was coming here to pursue music? Yeah, or art. Hey, I'm here art, to do art. Everything. What, what should I do? <laughs> uh, participate and contribute. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, go to shows, be present, meet people, don't be too wasted. <laughs> I met way too many people being super wasted, like my first rounds, and so I feel like my whole first round of meeting people, luckily everyone else was pretty drunk too, if I recall, so I don't think it was entirely a one-way street, but I was like, just, yeah, try to keep your wits about you. One, not to get robbed. Two, uh, not to make an ass of yourself. But yeah, go to shows, participate, talk, and um, contribute by also playing music and whatever you're here to do, do it. Don't, I mean, you can talk about it, but yeah, just do, do it. Just do it, right. do, do, do that. When did you write this book? Two years ago. Nice. Two years ago. And you just were like, since I've been in a band, I need to write this. 
Yeah, I was on the phone with somebody and it just clicked. I was like, um, I was reading two books at the time and they they sort of inspired me to make a, a, a Kitchen Confidential. It's an Anthony, Anthony Bourdain's book. I wasn't reading that, but that's the kind of book I was going for. Um, just sort of like a an open dialogue of like, here's some shit that's happened and here's what I learned from it and maybe you might want to consider thinking about this shit. <laughs> yeah. Just think about it. I don't know. I, I was really trying not to like tell people what to do. Just be like, think, think about it. Be aware. Be aware of these things that I've learned in the past 10 years being in a van, going places, attempting to play music for strangers in exchange for money. Um, it's a great book. Thank you. It's it's not very it's not very big. It's, oh, really? it's, it's an easy read. Where do you buy it? At? Uh, I still sell them on eBay. Technically, uh, I gotta bring more to the base or um, Grimey's. I was, oh, okay, I'll cool. sell them there. So I was just oh fine. I, I still have some in the van too. Yeah, <laughs> I have some littered around. But the idea was to just like leave them in green rooms, like when we were still touring. It's just like I would write on the first page like you found me, enjoy, <laughs> uh, and you know like leave it in the band van or leave it in you know pass it to pass it on and it'd be fun I nice I mean, i'd like to read it i just i guess buy one from you or yeah i have some in my truck oh, okay, I'll, I'll i'll give you one before i go okay great yeah awesome uh, yeah that was it that was fun writing a book how long did it take you it was three days i mean it was like a few uh, like we- weeks of gathering notes and then organizing notes and then three days of writing the me like three days and then then most of a year of like editing it revising getting it organized and printed so probably a year wow nice yeah and it's like what 200 pages or it's like no it's like uh, it's like and, a manual. And, uh, exactly, yeah. It's not... It's, it's not <clears throat> I mean, it reads more like a memoir kind of thing. Oh. It tells stories and the, the, and some bullet notes, you know. It, it reads how I talk, <laughs> kind of. So, so when you got here, how long was it until y'all met? Uh, two months. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I was in a hurry. There was a hurry. Get going, yeah. Where'd y'all meet at? I have stuff to do. Craigslist. Oh. <laughs> Back when that was like a predominant form of like, like finding get, people, finding get like, shit. anything. Yeah, like that's how you find like all your music gear. Like right, there was no Facebook Marketplace. That's how I kind of clicked on your ad. It's because you said it says something about a new drummer in old shell, and I was looking for drums. I was like, what? Is it's like old shell. Like old drums and <laughs> what, is, what is this about? And it's like, yeah, hey, you want to start a band like Rolling Stones, Graham Parsons, like he just named a bunch of stuff that I liked. Nice. It's like if you want to do something awesome, it's like, yeah, yeah, let's do something awesome. That's awesome. You know, well, I was nineteen, and so there was that was part of that too. I couldn't hang out at bars. I was trying to. Uh, I lived right down the street from Foo Bar, which oh, is Cobra yeah, now. I remember that. And so I would go there. I found out I could get in there, but I couldn't go to bars. Uh, I was like, I'm 19, I just turned 19. Or maybe, yeah, 19 or 20, I, I think I was 19, yeah. 
So I was like, I have another two years to sit around. Like, how am I gonna? I got shit to do. Like, how am I gonna meet people? <laughs> like, right. the Nashville Craigslist must be beaming with potential. You know, like how like Nashville music scene. You know, like how to. Of course, of course, I'm gonna meet somebody awesome on Nashville Craigslist musicians wanted ad section. <laughs> That's awesome. It's like the it's like the ad section in old magazines. Like back then, you hear all these old bands. Yeah, I found put an ad. Yeah, that's how we got our guitar player. Right? I used to actually get... I still had the wah pedal I got from the classifieds in the back of a ma- uh, the newspaper. Like, that's the wah pedal I use. From the classifieds. Wow. <laughs> the paper classifieds. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, no, this is uh, dumb luck. Yeah, as soon as we started jamming, I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. Is there anything... This uh, work. All right, cool. Is there anything you'd like to add that I haven't asked you? Um, what are you trying to communicate to your listeners? Are you trying to encourage them? Or are you trying to let them in on what Nashville's about? Or Basically, what you know, each person that's here is about. Yeah. Yeah. And then what people can learn from listening to you and me talk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, dude. I don't know. I, w- I, w- I, would, I would encourage, but at the same time, it's like... Just do whatever makes you happy, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yes. Just nerd out on it. Mm-hmm. Throw everything you got into it. Cool. And if that happens to be in Nashville, then there you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this podcast basically to know what artists or musicians are like here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And this is just like a collective of people I've interviewed and their experiences here. How long have you been doing this podcast? since February of last year. Nice. Well, that's when I got the idea. I didn't start releasing them until May. Mm-hmm. So I guess technically May. Nice. Are you enjoying it? Yeah. I learn a lot. Yeah. I like to listen, so... I love watching interviews on the internet, so... Mm-hmm. I love psychology and philosophy, so... I like to understand how people think and then I can understand them better, and I don't know, I think it entertains me. Mm-hmm. And you learn, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, but I'm like, my whole thing is, it's been tough to like figure out questions to get it out of people, because some people, you ask them a question, then they answer, and you're like, damn, that was so fast. No. <laughs> <laughs> Care to elaborate? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I try not to ask yes and no questions. You know what I mean? And sure. No, those are good. Those are good prompts for sure. Just because you're like, yeah, some people will be kind of bashful. I'm like, no, please keep keep talking. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. Um, all right. So here's the last question for you. What is something absurd that you love or do? Something absurd that I love or do. It could be a thing or it could be an action or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that I love or do. Um, absurd. I don't know about absurd. I don't know. Absurd. I could give you an example for me. Yeah, what do you got? I love vacuuming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, I hear you. I hear what you're yeah, talking about. Probably why I clean cars, but. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. Um, I love, I mean, I love sewing and like focusing on one really minute little thing and just like working on this. I love, I love, so I love operating sewing machines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like snipping, I like, like snipping little. The snipping the fabric. Yeah, I like, I like. I like being a little grandma. <laughs> I like being a grandma. Little cobbler. Yeah. Little hat cobbler. That's right. That's right. That, I don't know if that's absurd in the in the in this world, but um, just seeing the needle pierce the. It's it's impressively satisfying. I did make yeah. I did film a few things of me like sewing and put it on my Instagram and people were like that was really. Do more of that. I'm like film ASMR. Yeah, yeah, exactly, that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the needle piercing yeah. the, the thread. Well, I have a really industrial leather sewing machine, so it's so the strength and the like the, the piston. Right? Yeah, it's like oh, it's mm -hmm. so <clears throat> intentional. <laughs> yeah, it has so much strength to it or whatever yeah it really it really yeah is. i guess to pierce leather has to, to be, be really so close serious. to it just like with, with your hands your music making hands to be like <laughs> right next to this thing that will stab right through your fucking hand it's fun <laughs> 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 living on the edge it's cheating, yeah, it's like you're cheating just be careful with your hands right like, well it's better than my carpentry job i was working for this guy making like barnwood furniture and i was just like you know, all these different saws and like nail guns. Like, I mean, I can do it, and I, luckily nothing happened. And like, hopefully, whatever. But uh, yeah, there was just too many close calls. Like, I don't, this is not worth whatever, like, eleven ninety five you're paying me. <laughs> like, this is not, uh uh. Sir, I could fall, I could smash my hand, this I could is... shoot myself. Or... Mm -hmm. I've been taking uh, thirty seconds of a cold shower at the end of my showers lately, and that's nice. been really great. I should, I would encourage anybody to do that. Revitalizing. It's incredible. Uh, it's, uh, Wim Hof. I yeah, think. Wim Hof. The Ice Man. Man, the Ice Man. I, I watched an, a recent interview of his, and um, it was just so great and re-inspiring. And I've really like, I love it now. It's been over a year. Wow. I've been doing it. Have you gone as far as taking an ice bath? No. Uh -oh. No, I'm not that interested in doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the it, it's they suck. It's yeah. the uh, <laughs> not fun. it would it, it's the hot of like all the way hot yeah. to cold, all the way cold, top to bottom, pits, butt, every no hiding, a bottom of the feet. Everybody gets it, top to bottom, all the way, at least thirty seconds. I like that's when it starts to hurt actually. So like thirty's about it. But then one, that's the coldest you're gonna be all day. So when you go into your house, like from outside your shower, you're not just like, mm, cold. You're like, right. oh, this is like just kind of nice. Uh, and I'm normally cold all the time. So yeah, it sparks a bit in your internal heat, closes all your pores so you don't get dirty and all, a whole bunch of other, you know, circulation and blah, 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 all that crazy. Uh, but it like, kind of makes you high too. It's just like, right. <sighs> yeah. yeah, the way it takes your breath away. Yeah, it yes. takes your breath away. Yes. That, that gets better. It doesn't, it, it, like, the first week was, ah, ah! <laughs> like, ah, I can't keep the sound in me. Right. And just, like, panic and freak out. But now it's just, like, embrace, 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 breathe. It's amazing how you can really control how much you shiver. 
Yeah. If you just relax. Right, 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 right. Right. And now I look forward to it and I really enjoy it, actually. It's still like, I don't, like, I do, but I don't. Like, I enjoy the benefits, but it's still a shock. So, <laughs> to the good. listeners, uh, move to Nashville and take cold showers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, if you're gonna be uncomfortable, at least do it to yourself. Yeah, yeah. But the benefits, I feel like super alive and it's just like, I don't know, it's yeah. cool. It's better than being like trying to save the heat from it and then like slowly losing it through the day. Right. I, I don't know. It makes sense. I want to I mean, be warm a, all the time. It's, it's a and I'm normally cold, so I don't know why this has been good, but it is. That's awesome. I'm the opposite. I'm normally burning up all the time. And so, like, when it's wintertime, I'm like, great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when it's summertime, I'm just like, where are you from? Look, I'm out in Georgia. Mm, okay, so you've been hot your entire life. Yeah, so that's where I'm built for the for the winter. But grew up on a mountain, so it was ten degrees cooler than in the valley. So a little nicer, a little better. Still yeah. swampy. Yeah. Oh god. Sweat fest. <laughs> All right, dude. Now I'll start. I'll go to you. All right. Where are you from, Zach? I was raised here. Um, oh. Yeah, my parents' families are both from Nashville, um, but after they got married, they moved to San Francisco and for my dad's work, and then I was born out there, and they moved back just because family was here. It was less expensive, easier to raise a family here than San Francisco, and... Uh, yeah, most of my, pretty much all my family is from here or has lived here. Um, yeah. How long were you in San Francisco for? Only like the, I don't really know, but I think just like the first two, maybe three years of, I think the first two years of my life. Oh, okay. So yeah. Negligible. Yeah, I don't really remember it. Uh, I've been, I've been back a bunch, both on tour and like when we were growing up. I'm pretty... I think my parents really did want to live there, especially my dad. My dad loves it. Um, I do too, but it's funny, like I'm working with a couple musicians that have moved here from San Francisco and hearing their perspective on it is kind of, is you can sympathize with why you wouldn't be there. Hmm. Um, but I really do love it as a city. It's amazing. Um, it really feels, to me, it's like you still have the remnants. It's like that gold rush spirit in a lot of the people and just the vibe. Right. I kind of feel when I go there of like, this is kind of close to the furthest west you can get almost other than like Seattle. And so you really kind of have the wild west still, but it's getting, according to my buddies, it is massively more techy kind of not to talk trash about it, but just yuppie and gentrified a bit more less artsy and yeah free. i was talking to a friend yesterday or this week who had moved here recently he's trying to i'm working with this guy he's trying to get in like you know what should i be doing like kind of like what you asked matthew like what should a musician do i was like man you just gotta like go to shows and Told him, like, a couple, like, places, like, go to the five spot, hang out there, go, you know, meet people. 
and I was like, like, what's the scene like in San Francisco? <laughs> he's like, he's like, it was cool. You know, but that's, that's one person's take. Um, I still, sorry. No, you're good. I was just saying, when you say work with him, what do you mean work with him? Oh, right now I've been working in construction oh, and carpentry. Yeah. Like since, since COVID hit, I kind of went into that, um, as a way to pay the bills and learn some interesting stuff. So yeah, it's, uh, right now I'm on a crew and we're all like music people, <laughs> which is pretty funny and it's great. Like you can kind of, the, the guy who started the company as a musician and he understands that like, if we need to go on tour, he's like, Oh cool. Like, where are you going? Like, Oh man, you got, hope you're making a lot of money. Like go kill it. And sometimes he'll go out and do his music stuff and it's pretty low key. Um, but it's, it's fun. But yeah. I, growing up here was, it was way different than it is now. <laughs> what, where did you live in Nashville? Uh, my parents bought a house. I started in Goodlettsville and then they bought a house just north of Brentwood, like in the early nineties, right? Right when Brentwood was like, people were starting to move there. They got really lucky. Like they found a lady that was like, she was a widow and her husband had built the house himself. And, um, my, my dad was in business for himself and he, it was like, I think they got a really, they were very smart about, you know, moving there, but also this like being kind of a creative person looking back like I kind of I had a buddy that lived closer to the city and that was way more fun to hang out with him um but you know we got into more trouble of course um yeah it was kind of it was weirdly isolated but not like you when I lived in Goodsville I remember riding my bicycle to like go see friends and like play out in the yard uh where like my mom's house it's like we had a next door neighbor but like he wasn't always in the same things we were my brother and i when i say we sometimes it was like pogs we all got together and played pogs Pogs, you remember pogs oh yeah yeah that was one thing we were into but other than that like when especially once my brother and i started playing music it's kind of like spent a lot of time like at my house playing music when i wasn't playing music in you know some other form or playing sports and uh but yeah kind of i remember like nashville even up until i left it had this vibe of like if you want to play music here you have to play country music and you can like that's a very viable thing but I, one of my buddy uh actually daniel at forks you might i don't know if you know him i think i know yeah, he's. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's managing the place now. Um, great guy. I remember being hanging out with him, and his dad was a session musician, and just he he had said something. I think it was kind of. I didn't hear his dad say this, but it was kind of handed down of like, if you want to play music in Nashville, you got country music. And I was like, that's really cool, but I had like. From the first time I had heard music, I just gravitated to rock and roll. It was like a visceral reaction in my body. 
like as a kid, just jumping around to my dad's records and him getting pissed off. Like, stop, you're going to break my equipment. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, they had to like find new needles for the app, the record player every month. My rock and roll equipment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, I just remember thinking like, I want to play rock and roll. I guess I'm going to have to move to LA or New York or maybe Boston or like Seattle. I, when I first started listening to my own music, it was mainly like Seattle 90s kind of grunge alternative. And then, the, you know, you go through the Green Day and then you start backtracking it. Like, well, who do they listen to? Right. So I went on like that whole trip. Um, but yeah, growing up here is just, as a kid, it was kind of boring. But they did have, I will say they had some all ages clubs that were pretty cool. Like, there's one called Lucy's Record Shop that lady later turned into IndyNet that was always like it was on Church Street. It was all like all ages punk rock kind of stuff. And then after that shut down, they had this place. It was in Antioch in a strip mall. It was called the Next Generation. <laughs> and it was is exactly what you think it was. And like I remember like Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> The cool, the coolest band that played there, like their lead singer, was a manager at Hot Topic. So, and I was in a band, and I remember like looking back, it was it was kind of cool that this family like ran this all ages venue out there, but like I remember him saying stuff about you got either to us and other bands like you guys are gonna be the next, you're the hope, you're the biggest, gonna be the biggest band. It's like we're fucking fifteen, sixteen year olds. Like, half of these guys don't even play music anymore. But it was, like, it was a great time as a kid. And, like, you went and saw a lot of what, you know, looking back, it's just, like, my poor parents having to, like... At that point, I think I was driving or I'd ride with friends to go there. But every now and then, like, if I had a show there, my parents would come to support. I can only imagine what they thought of that place. What is... (laughs) What, what is going on? Like, all these little kids are, like, moshing into each other, and then you got... It's also right when Jackass came out, so I remember... It was right around the street from this Kroger, so I remember we'd all go and steal shopping carts and, like, do Jackass stunts. <laughs> like, yeah. Every now and then I remember that place, and it just... I'm like, what, what was that? <laughs> what went on? <laughs> Like a Still punk rock there. Chuck E. Cheese. It was a punk rock Chuck E. Cheese. The, the, every now and then I drive by it and it's not called the next, for a while it's called Ibiza. And it looked like a, a nightclub or something. But yeah, it's in like a, you pass it, it's kind of by the Kroger, it's on like Bell Road or Old Hickory. I think it's still Old Hickory and I think Nolensville. Um, and it's like this. It's like an L-shaped strip mall, and it's in the corner of that L hmm. by the Kroger. I think there's a Sherwin-Williams, or there was, hmm. but I don't know what it is now. And I mean, sh- shoot, at this point, they should have demolished the whole thing. <laughs> right. Such a bunch of liabilities running around. Yeah. <laughs> Antioch. Yeah. <laughs> Letting it fly in Antioch. Yeah. On the street from Kia Carnival. Exactly. But yeah, it's just like... Nashville was, yeah, it was weird. Like, you didn't really, 
But like even that was like okay, well from where we lived, everything was fifteen minutes away, so it's like not that far of a drive. It didn't right. still seem like you're in the same spot. <laughs> what uh? Do you remember the first music? What it was that like? Uh, you said rock and roll. What rock? Do you know like what band it was? I can remember some distinctive ones of like. I remember my dad had the Stray Cats record, which I really loved. I remember seeing Back to the Future and thinking that's awesome. And I can remember being in a Waffle House with my dad and Elvis coming on and me getting upset that I couldn't like smash everything and dance. (laughs) So. How old were you then? I I don't know. I was maybe first grade or younger kind of that um but yeah i was as a kid like i i I had to have been like so i started playing violin when i was three because i remember always telling them like i want to play electric guitar so i had to be around there at some point that i heard some of this stuff and my dad was basically like no we're gonna buy you a violin and if you do this well enough or long enough i don't know what he said we'll eventually buy you a guitar so, you know, at three years old, you don't really have a choice. You're like, yeah, like, okay, whatever. I don't know what a violin is. Sign here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I started doing that. And I, I do remember my instructor, I've taught drum lessons for a bit here and there. I still kind of will. I haven't really done it for a while. But when I did, I kind of got this from him. Like, always ask, like, the student what they want to, like, play and learn. And, like, you know, like, if you're learning a drummer and you're learning rudiments, like, what guy wants to sign up to learn rudiments? So, like, <laughs> when I hear, like, when I was, I remember having a drum teacher and be like, I like Nirvana and Green Day. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and being kind of bummed. But this guy asked me that. I was like, I want to know Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen and the Ghostbusters theme song. <laughs> And so that's what you said yeah this is the 80s <laughs> so uh, he did teach me the melodies on violin like I do remember like kind of being able to play it and be like why doesn't it sound like it does on the album <laughs> <laughs> like this is this, I must suck but then I played violin till I, for like 9 years till I was 12 I don't like you think in 9 years like I, I Play it. I pick it up, and it's it sounds like garbage. So I don't know how far I really got. I feel like there's a lot of time. Also, remember not enjoying it, and our parents eventually allowing us to quit because my brother and I would just complain every time. Um, yeah. It was the violin lessons were just so stuffy. You know, it's like you go to some older lady's house, right, and do that, and then you go to the group lesson at like a church and then at some point they put me in orchestra i can remember like it being too fast because there's this giant group of like little kids i don't know how the teacher thought like she's basically a glorified babysitter i think because i remember like not just playing and being like yes i understand this and (laughs) not but about that time i inherited a drum set from my grandfather who had passed and i was like i think i was 11 or 12 and i also got an acoustic guitar and at that point, I was like, I'm done with violin. I can play these, and that's what I always wanted. So, nice. yeah. 
So you grew up in the 80s? Uh, well, I was born in 83, so... Okay. Nice. 80s and 90s. Nice. Um, I'm like... Right in that sort of... I remember growing up and people being like, Oh, yeah, you're part of the Generation X, and now they say I'm a millennial. So I'm in that weird in-between millennial Gen X right. thing where it's like... I remember very vividly not having internet and not that being a big part of my life. Right. I just memorized, memorized my friend's number. Oh, yeah. Pocketfuls of yeah. quarters. Yeah. yeah. Be able to call people when I'm out, yeah. out in the world. Pay phones. Yeah. And I, I knew everyone's number. Right. Um, but that's all gone. That is gone. So you have a brother? I do. He's three years younger than I am. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, he lives up in Brooklyn. Plays drums as well. Oh, sick. He plays guitar. He's kind of a multi... He's definitely, uh... It's funny, like, I kind of say this because it's true, but it also kind of describes our, I feel like... Our dynamic is like when we played football, I was the defensive end and he was the quarterback. Uh-huh. I mean, just kind of like, I'll go out and do it. And he's definitely more precise and technical. Hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, he plays drums and like punk kind of street hard band called CT Hustle and the Muscle. They're great. Um, but then he also plays, he writes his own stuff on all kinds of instruments and it's called the sunshine movers oh, wow. and so yeah he's pretty active in that um but we grew up we kind of tried to play music together but we always got along but it's like we played music and then get in a fight and it's like we got along but yeah we definitely get in fights about shit and, right you know wrestle and wrestle each other yeah yeah break the couch <laughs> <laughs> i remember that happened but, you know, like, yeah, we always got along. He's a great brother. When we play up in New York, it's always great to see him and hang out with him. Do you all look alike? I've never thought so, but as we've gotten older, I definitely... In the I, face region. Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can see it. Um, What's his name? Walton. Walt? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And he, he plays music for work up there? No, he actually works for a photography studio, um, and all of his bandmates have, you know, other day jobs. Right. Um, yeah, he's always kind of been in the, in that world, um, with art, art and photography and, yeah, it's, uh, kind of bounced around myself, but eventually came back to what I really wanted to do. Where uh where did you go to high school here? Uh, Father Ryan. Oh okay. The private. I went Catholic to, school. I went to Macaulay. And oh yeah. To, uh, yeah. We played Jello in sports. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or I guess one of the I guess Brentwood was more of a rival than Father Ryan, but probably uh at least when I was there, like I don't know, we had a horrible football team. I didn't play football. Oh really? Thankfully, because otherwise I'd have to claim that, but. <laughs> What sports did you play? I played rugby. Growing up, I played like all of them, like basketball, baseball, soccer, football, and swimming. And then once I hit high school, like I had had knee surgery going into high school. Wow. Um, Is either from skateboard? I'm pretty sure it's from skateboarding and football. 
Um, and I remember my mom didn't tell me, but she signed me up for the band. And I was like, I don't know. At the point in time, I was like, I don't know that I want to play football, but I know, I think, I do want to wrestle. And I knew that our high school had a good wrestling team and they had a good, like, indoor drum line. I was like, I'd like to do one or both of those. And so when she signed me up for the marching band, I was kind of blonde. <laughs> but I didn't realize that if you want to do the indoor drum line, you should, because the indoor drum line was like the spring semester and marching bands, the fall. Right. So if you want to do indoor drum line, you're going to be better equipped to do that if you also do marching band, because it's kind of the same people. So if you actually want to play a drum and not like, play the cymbals or be in the pit playing xylophone, which there's nothing wrong with that, but I wanted to play a drum. Right. Uh, got to do marching band. So I did that in high school and then we got a rugby team and I could do all that because I couldn't wrestle and be in the drum line. I, once I did the drum line, I was like, I really like this. This is awesome. It's like I'm learning real technical drumming and it's really helping me on the, because I was already playing drum set. Uh, I could see how it was helping me on the drum set. Um, and I was starting to play around in high school bands and such. And I, it was that I've got a whole lot of knowledge drumming wise from just, I feel, from playing in high school drum line. Right. And a lot of my friends either went on to college to study music and drums and then they did like drum corps stuff, all that. Uh, and I was like, I knew I couldn't wrestle, so rugby was like really great. And then, um, yeah, I went to college. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in college, which I would feel like. Where'd you go to college? UT, Knoxville. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. And I uh, started out in engineering, and that didn't really work out. So, but I was playing rugby up there, and I loved it. It was great. And it was, I feel like that was like those, I was in Knoxville six six and a half years or something and like those six years i probably played the least amount of drums but i really focused on like a guitar and i feel like in high school i was so into just like what is like the best how can you be the best drummer and like like matthew's talking about competition and you know we were competing in drum lines so right. i was very competitive and at some point i do remember like my after being done with that i'm like I'm so sick of being competitive with, like, drums. And I'm like, even the guys that, like, I think are you could say are the best drummers, other than Buddy Rich, I don't really like listening to. Yeah, and I don't know if they really enjoy it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they do in some weird analytical way, but, like, it's like the playing the classical music when it's all always has to be so precise and you can't mess it up and you have to put yeah. what's on the paper. It's almost like you have to forfeit yourself a lot of ways. Yeah. I didn't really see, I remember going to like drum set clinics and be like, this guy is awesome. And like being very impressed, but just also being like bored. Be like, I don't want to do that. And like talk about how you can play a paradiddle a million ways on a drum kit. <laughs> I mean, it, it yeah. is cool, and I, yeah. it's great knowledge. You sh everyone should figure it out, Definitely, but yeah. I'd rather apply that in a musical way. Right. Um, you don't want to be seen as some educator up there. Now, listen, if you play like this, you'll impress your friends. <laughs> yeah. Like, and there, like at the same time, like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, no. I still kind of watch videos of people that 
you would probably classify that way to be like I'll get ideas from that definitely yeah um but yeah I I think kind of stepping back and like I was in in high school I was into kind of more of the harder music and heavier just stuff but then I was also doing like jazz bands so I was like forcing myself to listen to jazz and funk because I'm like yeah if I want to be a good drummer I should be able to do this I feel like in college I really actually started listening to like the jazz and funk that I liked and listening to rock and roll again and listening to country music and blues and like getting into like oh this this is so simple but so perfect like hearing like I, like even Meg White I remember because the White Stripes would go oh, and I was yeah. like she's amazing and she just fucking bashes the cymbal and plays four on the floor yeah and it's great and then you know you kind of go back and you're like yeah you rediscover why people like Bonham are awesome because it's so simple and it's a groove so I feel like stepping away from the drums and kind of getting more into music in those, those periods really helped me like reel it back in and be like all right you weren't having fun <laughs> trying to compete and trying to be yeah. fast yeah and this was post-college like this is during college and it's funny because i i remember in college so growing up i always played my grandfather's old drum kit and is still have it it's all refurbished and i love it but it, like at the time in high school, I'm listening to heavy metal, and I'll, I'm, like, trying to f- fuck with it and be like, I want to just put on this head, and can I put it in a rack so it sounds like a... And, like, all the guys at Forks are like, nah, you just need to play it. Like, these aren't those kinds of drums. <laughs> so once I figured that out, I'm like, the first thing that I buy when I get out of school is going to be a drum set so that I can play that drum set and then refurbish my grandfather's and have this amazing, cool old set. And we've done recordings with it, and I still will play it. It's at, It's been at my mom's for a while just because it's safe there. <laughs> uh, but I love playing it. It's really, it's it's awesome. What kind is it? It's got a Radio King, Slingerland, oh. Snare and Floor Tom, old Rogers Holiday bass drum, and two Gretsch Round Badge rack toms. Wow. Yeah. It sounds great. I love it. Um, and I've actually bought some drums too like some about a lot of old drums and i like old drums i like some of the new ones too um but yeah it's uh i got a new kit and refurbished it and that was that was post-college so uh, at that point once i had this new drum kit i worked a little while in the professional world for billboard advertising agency and it just wasn't for me like I was in Knoxville, and I thought I was gonna like hike the Appalachian Trail, or like, I don't know, I was just like, I just wanna travel. I don't know what the hell I wanna do. So my dad was like, you should come back to Nashville and work for me, you can save a little money, and then you can go hike the trail. And so I did that, and I remember telling, cause I was, I gotten done with college, I played rugby all five years there. I played rugby in high school, and then I started playing for the Knoxville men's team. I was like, when I move back to Nashville, I'm not going to play rugby. I'm going to figure out what I want to do. And sure enough, I was like, got sucked back in. Started playing rugby because I love it. It's a great sport. Uh, And we started going out to the bars. And like, this was like 2008. So Lower Broad was kind of like this weird 
It was popular, but it was kind touristy, of touristy. Like, it was touristy, but also some some nights it was like a, just a ghost town. Like we'd go there because I actually lived with two rugby guys downtown, and like we paid less than five hundred each for this townhouse, like in downtown. In downtown, it was great. It was this crazy time of like Nashville had already felt like it was kind of being it becoming an it city. Which, like, you're excited, like, oh, Nashville's cool, there's things to do. Also, you're old enough to go in bars at this point. And just, yeah, going downtown and seeing these guys and being like, well, I can do that. And I, that's what I want to do. And I want to travel. So, it's like, I'm going to play music. I started playing with a bunch of people kind of around town and just whoever I could find. And uh, I couldn't find anyone that just wanted to, like, let's fucking go for it. Like, I don't want to be working this day job. I want to play music. Until I found Matthew on the Craigslist, so. Wow, so you were, what, like 27 then, 28? 26, I think, was when we met. Yeah. Uh Yeah, which is a little later than I wanted to be, but, you know, the timing was right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Man, that was great. You You covered a lot of territory there. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll I'll ramble. <laughs> it's good. It's great because you. I was like, all right, great. Uh, let me get us uh, So, so just uh, I guess recapping here, like, what, what were you into? Like as a kid, you were playing outside a lot, playing. Yeah. Like building tree houses and stuff. Or? I, you know, I tried to build a tree house with my dad, and a two by six fell and on my head and I had to get like eight staples in it so I we didn't finish the tree house but it looked like a deer stand that I would just call up to in the ladder I'm like yeah we do that like go around ride bikes and eventually like my brother and I like we'd play sports and get frustrated and beat each other up and then be cool and then we started playing music yeah it's nice. just kind of you know like kid life is kid life yeah, yeah. Scrape your knee and right. like come inside it. Take risks. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's so weird too because like I have a dog now and I wouldn't think about like just letting her like like outside and be like, all right, see you like dinner time. But we just let our dog out and like then you call him for like. 10 minutes and he comes yeah i was like what where did they go that's true yeah why don't why doesn't that happen anymore like that is true that's how it was in my neighborhood yeah call him him i'd be walking home from school or whatever and petzl was my our dog and she would be running she would run up we lived in on the middle of the street and she would meet us at the top of the street we'd be like petzl and then she would like yeah yeah you don't see that anymore yeah, and it's like probably because too many people have gotten sued. I think I do think that's talk Batman. Yeah, <laughs> I remember like yeah. I I don't think I ever got bit by dogs as a kid, but my brother did. I got attacked by a dog yeah. dude when I was a kid. My my brother was like he was a mean kid. Like we all joke about how mean he was as a kid. Like there there's a picture of us, and it's uh, our cousin's birthday party, and we're like you know like maybe first grade or younger we're all sitting around the cake and smiling he's looking at our cousin just like 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 he looks pissed that it's not his birthday but i remember him like we had a cat growing up 
and he'd like carry her around by like this awful way, like bite her neck, and I'd be like, put her down, and he'd like throw her. Oh man! He just didn't know, like he's a little kid. Yeah. But I remember, he, like he'd hit our dog, and then looking out one night day, my mom freaked out because he had like this big red jacket, and he's like hitting our dog, and our dog lost it. And my brother's pinned on the ground doing this and this jacket, and the dog's like trying to eat his face off. Oh my god! <laughs> just pissed off at him, and he just he just got bit a couple times. In the the neighbors, uh, yeah, I think in the face. The neighbor's dog bit him a few times. I feel like that taught him. He's a really nice. Like you would never expect this from him anymore. But yeah, as a kid, he was in terror. He doesn't hit dogs anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> learned his lesson. <laughs> Now I understand why it's called a DOG. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Full circle. That's awesome. Well, that's hilarious. Yeah, one time I got, like, aggressively bit by a dog, and then my brother, like, fought the dog off, and then it was, set, it was like, my friend's dog, and then, like, I found out, like, the next day or so, the parents were going to have the dog put down. I was like, oh, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He hasn't been acting right. <laughs> oh. Wow. So, I, I just figured that probably happened a lot. Well, it's better than getting sued. Definitely. True that. Yeah. Definitely. I had a dog that bit someone, and we had to get rid of it because they were like, if you don't get rid of it, we're going to sue you. I was like, I didn't understand. I was only 10 years old. Like, no, please don't get rid of the dog. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it was really tough. Yeah. She would, like, she kind of enticed him because she would carry a stick walking down the street. I'm like, well, yeah, you're going to scare him. But yeah. Yeah, that's just sad. I, well, I remember one time riding in the car with my dad and asking him where our cat was because I hadn't seen it. It just occurred to me that I haven't seen the cat in, like, at least weeks. It might have been months. And it was like... <laughs> took a while for you. Yeah, I don't... Didn't we have a cat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking back, it was like, it was way longer than it should have been that I noticed our cat was gone. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, we had to put it down. And he, he so the, he rescued this cat from outside his office building, and it, it was like crazy. But like, I love the cat, it, but it gave my dad cat scratch fever. Which is a real thing. And, like, the doctors couldn't figure out what it was. And, like, at one point, like, his, like, all his lymph nodes were swollen. He was super lethargic. And my mom was like, I thought he had cancer at one point. (laughs) Until they asked him if he recently had gotten a cat. (laughs) You had cancer or cat cat recently? (laughs) Cat scratch fever. I mean, I know the song. Yeah, right? Never heard of a real case. Yeah. I didn't even think it was... I thought that was all That's fake. What, a lot of people didn't. They were like, I thought it was just a song about the nudge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... Cat scratch fever. Wow. That's great. Pets are fun. No joke. It's yeah. no joke. Great song. Well, man, so you've seen many different turnovers in the whole Nashville scene and everything. Yeah. From childhood to high school to now. Yeah, it's... I mean, that's a... That's the crazy part, too, I'm sure it was before I was even alive, is that all these, like Matthew said, all these pockets, like, I, it was a few years ago that I discovered Down Boy for the first time, and we played a few shows with them, and I remember asking them, like, because they were talking about, like, they said something about, like, 
it sounded like they lived there here for a while. I'm like, yeah, we went to Belmont. We've been here a band. I'm like, how am I just now finding out about you guys? And it's always it always amazes me, and you know, just different, completely different scenes too. Yeah, little pockets. Yeah, like dark matter is a whole other yeah. thing. I was gonna say like yeah, you show up to dark matter or like the end, like or any of these like random ass venues or whatever. It's like it's it astounds me. Yeah, yeah. Like you go to five spot and it has its own little built in crowd. Yeah. Same with the Cobra, always has a crowd there. Yeah. And each one of these probably there's probably like some band that everyone has in common that they like. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Like the end, I always feel like hardcore shows or like, I don't know, like, it's always, the shows that I hear about, I'm like, and then they're like, yeah, it's sold out. I'm like, man. Right. It's the end. Or like, yeah, like I, in addition to construction, like I bartend at Marathon Music Works. Yeah. And like, how many sold out shows of, acts that I've never heard of it amazes me like who are all these people like and who's this band or who's this DJ what is what is this act what's going on <laughs> it's just it's wild everybody else heard about it yeah man you know, I bet you see all types of crowds yeah it is uh there's all kinds of shows there man do you work at the bar where you can like see the stage? Usually, there's a there's one bar in that I'm actually working there tomorrow night where you can't see the stage. It's like right when you walk in. Oh yeah. Um, but other than that, like I'm usually at one of the bars and you can see everything. What's been um, your favorite show? That's while you've been working. Uh, while I was working, uh, is either Electric Wizard or Ace Frehley. Oh wow! There's not there's not a lot of they don't have a lot of like rock and roll acts. Um, I will say, her was really good. Her, she amazed me. I didn't know anything about her, <laughs> but she, yeah, she's plays guitar, sings, and it's like funky soul, like almost like Prince ish. Um, but it was really good. That one was a great one. But yeah, you and usually if there's there is a show that I want to go see, then I try to get off. And, What's uh, been your favorite show that you've seen there? Uh, I think Mastodon. Oh wow! A few years ago, it's Mastodon and Gojira. Oh really? Yeah. Wow! I saw Animals as Leaders there once. That was. Awesome. I may have been bartending that show. Yeah. Because I saw that. Yeah, this was like a couple of years ago, yeah. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I think I was at the bartending that show. That yeah. was pure salt. Just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, Dennis. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, all right, cool. Is there anything else you'd like to add that I might not have asked you? Oh, yeah, I remember what I was going to ask you. Who were, like, who would you say your top three rock influences are? Mm. I guess mainly for drums or just like... Uh, if it's going to be rock and roll, then I'd have to say 
Bonham, Charlie Watts, and Dave Grohl. Okay. And then if it's not rock. Or Blakey. I don't know. I guess Danny Carey's a huge influence for me. Oh, uh, yeah. Me too. Dude. Um, which was like... He got. He was more. He was like the gateway drug to a lot of people. Oh yeah, Bill Bruford. Bill Bruford. Yeah. Billy Cobham. Billy Cobham. Exactly. When I first heard Spectrum by Billy Cobham, I didn't think that was real. I was like, no one can play drums like this. This is like programmed. And then I researched Billy Cobham, and I was like, oh, god. oh my god. And it's like it's cool too. It's not just like. To be impressive, to yeah. be impressive. Yeah. You're not like Thomas Langing everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also like Zigaboo from The Meters. Oh, yeah. Um, all the James Brown and Funkadelic drummers, like Clyde Stubblefield, Jabbo Starks. Um, Bernard Purdy was a great one. Yvonne right. Helm. Yvonne Helm. And, like, to me, the classic rock and roll, like Ginger Baker, um, Ringo is awesome. He gets a lot of hate, but he's awesome. Um, Keith Moon. Love Keith Moon. I've got Moon's biography on my shelf. I'm, I need to read it. I heard. I, yeah, I've been wanting to read it. It's a that. great book. Yeah. Page turner because he's just so chaotic. Yeah. <laughs>